are now entering the Brooks. Your hosts are the intrepid and all-knowing Jason T. Gaffney and the insipid and unknowing Kevin Held. Join these two buddies as they explore history and find the bright side in shitty things. Hi, you're on the bright side with Kevin and Jason, your weekly comedy about tragedy. I'm your co-host, Kevin Held. And I'm your interrupting other co-host, Jason T. Hi. Hi. Hi, Jason. How are you? I've never heard you say hi like that, and I got really excited. So <laughs> You thought we weren't started, but we did start. I just <laughs> was feeling goofy. And hi. I, hi. You hi. said uh, You said that you had a, a weird, stupid episode for us, so I decided to start weird and stupid. <laughs> You're nailing it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and so am I. I feel free for the first time. I've wanted to be like this the whole time we've ever done this show, and now, finally, I can just be stupid and free. It only took us a hundred and whatever amount of episodes. something too, I think, episodes. Also, happy Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving! Absolutely. I fucking forgot it was Thanksgiving. Happy well, Thanksgiving. It's not Thanksgiving yet as we're recording this, but if I'm really on top of my shit this week, it'll be Thanksgiving <laughs> when it drops. Or possibly the day after. Or maybe the Saturday or Sunday following. <laughs> it's the gift that some time will come and give. Exactly. It doesn't keep giving, obviously, because it drops one time and sometimes I get the title wrong. But... When do you get the title wrong? It's the gift that sometimes gives. The balloon episode was supposed to say hot air buffoons, but I recorded it wrong on the in the WordPress site where we do it, and it just said hot air balloons. That's so literal. I know, it was so stupid. I was like I was like hot air balloon the thing I saw it when it came out, I was like, Hot air balloons? <laughs> what is this autocorrect bullshit? And I realized it was completely my fault. Autocorrect makes me so angry. Mm-hmm. No one in the history of the world has ever said that they're ducking angry. That's no. not a real thing. And they're trying to censor me, which makes me fucking angry. I do believe that somebody has been ducking angry. Like they really want to get angry, but they're just kind of trying to avoid that emotion. So they're just ducking it. Mm. And that's probably what they think you're going for. No one. No. Well, duck them. Yes. Duck them. <laughs> <laughs> How are you this week? I'm doing good. I finished making my tiny floral shop for my husband. What? What? So I think this might be the first time that our listeners are going to hear about this. I think so. But I have been making... Hence my mock incredulity. Uh, (laughs) What? You're making a tiny flower shop? Miniature that I've furniture. never heard of the magic of Hollywood, people. Miniature furniture, miniature plants. I made miniature bouquets. <gasps> Where did you put this thing? Is it just like a model in your home? Yep. Oh, what's the significance of the tiny flower shop? Well, Matt and I have always talked about you know when we retire. I mean, I'm not going to retire, but when mm-hmm. we retire, we want to own a tiny flower shop that sells delightful, ridiculous things that you could want for your home, but don't need for your home. And now you have one. Yes, and we won't go broke. Oh, that's really, that's actually really adorable. You just yeah. made it for him out of the blue? No occasion? I think I got it for his birthday, but mm. it took me that many months to put it together. <laughs> All right. <laughs> a lot of pieces. I can't wait to see it. You should probably drop it on the Instagram, too, maybe. Oh, yes. Maybe we should do that. There's electricity. I had to wire lights. Whoa. Yeah. And you're getting weekly shipments of Ecuadorian flowers, I assume. <laughs> Ecuadorian roses. Yeah. I assume. I mean, any flower shop worth its... They're very tiny. Tiny salt is getting Ecuadorian flowers delivered on the on the weekly. Yes. Great. Um, <sighs> Thumbelina and her Ecuadorian fairy husband fly Eduardo. <laughs> they fly here every week yeah. with tiny little roses. This is important. It's important, you know, thank you for creating jobs is what I'm saying. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a hero. I am. So... That's wonderful. I think he'll really love it. He hasn't seen it yet, or he has? Oh, he's seen it. Oh, okay. Every night he goes over and says, I love my little flower shop. And he's oh. like, how do I turn on the lights? And I'm like, you turn the on switch on. Well, and it's he's so learning. tiny, though. How could he know? It's, he also doesn't want to touch it because he's afraid he's going to break it. 
Right. Well, so. if he does, you could just fix it because you made it in the first place. Well, depends on how he breaks it. I guess so. And if he breaks it in anger over your head, you probably wouldn't be inclined to fix it. <laughs> Why would he break it over my head in anger? It's so hard to know people, truly know people. What's the bright spot? Okay. The bright spot this week is it's Thanksgiving. And oh. I thought that it's not just that it's Thanksgiving. Shut up. It's not just that it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, also, I don't know what I'm laughing at more. The fact that it's just Thanksgiving or the fact that I went, oh. Oh. I'm just like, I know. great. I'm like, so fucking thankful that that's like, our bright spot. I've, it's Hey, it's Thanksgiving. It's a wonderful gratitude holiday. And you're like, <laughs> here's some poop for your holiday. <laughs> here's some poop pie. Exactly. Uh, I feel like I'm in the help over here. But instead of that, what what I'd like to do, it's actually a self-generated bright spot this week because I thought what we could do is do my very waspy family's tradition of going around the table and all talking about what you're thankful for this year. Ah, I so, like that. Yeah, so I wanted to, since I'm springing this on you, I just wanted to say that I'm super thankful for our long friendship. I'm thankful for our... This thing that we get to do every week that is so fun for me and such a nice creative outlet when it feels like there's that's so needed in my life and I get so little opportunity to do it. Um, I'm also thankful for my health, my family, my husband, and some incredible opportunities that are coming along for us that I can't talk about quite yet, but um, that are really exciting for both of our futures. Sometimes it's really hard to reach for gratitude. But it's really important. It's even more important when it's hard. And I'm very lucky person. And I feel very grateful. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So uh, what's what are you grateful for, Jason T. Gaffney? I am grateful for a ton of things. I am mm-hmm. absolutely grateful for this podcast and our longstanding friendship as well. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for all the friends and family in my life who I adore. Um, I'm grateful for all the self-discovery I've done this past year. Hmm. Um, I'm grateful for my tiny flower shop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm also grateful that we finally have the vaccine and that people are getting it. Um, I wish people would get it a little faster, but people are getting it and, you know, more and more people are getting the booster, which is good. Yeah. And the people I love the most are getting the booster. And so therefore I know that the ones I love are safe. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> hashtag grateful that I'm surrounded by intelligent, <laughs> lovely people. Um, <laughs> nice. Non-dangerous threats to my life and my sure. life. Yeah. I'm grateful for a lot. There's so much there. It's been a very tough couple of years now. We're very nearly heading into the third year of this pandemic. It's been very, very hard. So the ability to still have blessings that you can count is uh, its own thing that I'm grateful for. You know, the ability that we can even still feel grateful for stuff. Um, I'm really grateful for all of our listeners. And I will stop with this Instagrammy influencer feeling, you know, monologue right now. Thank you for you guys. Now, Jason, fuck you. I mean, teach me. <laughs> First I, of all. I wanted to bring it down. I not, I not bring it down. It just felt so like, you know, hashtag blessed. Are you ready? Yes, I am hashtag blessed. Gross. Uh, exactly. Agreed. 100%. Did you touch that? Probably. Public library. Oh, um... We're talking about the grossness of public libraries. Uh, no. No. Fine. That's fine. I'm grateful for you. That's right. Great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm grateful for your honesty. You're dead wrong. Um, (laughs) Thank you for being honest. We're going to talk about the infamous period of time called the, quote, great book scare. What? Or the time when people thought that sharing books could spread illnesses to each other. Oh, God. Okay. I mean, that doesn't sound that crazy in a pandemic to me. It doesn't sound that crazy because you know what fomites are. What's a fomite? A fomite is an inanimate object that can carry a bacteria or a virus, uh, an antigen of some kind that... But it's not a person. It's not person-to-person contact, but it's like a doctor's coat. 
It's like anything that could come in contact with like virus and stuff that another person could come in contact with after that. And I am worried about fomites. And I feel like books are fomites. From what I have read, mm-hmm. that generally it needs to be like mostly skin to skin. Okay. For stuff to spread, other stuff can spread the other way. Anyway, we'll kind of get into that. Great. No, this is really good because I'm a person at the beginning of this story. I am the backwards yokel who thinks that books are going to kill me. (laughs) So now you have the opportunity, which you should be grateful for, that you can teach me how not to be that backwards yokel. Great. The Great Book Scare would start in 1879. Sure. That's, That's a good year for a good book scare. People were just beginning to understand that you could... Reading. (laughs) They were just beginning to understand reading, and they were also beginning (laughs) to understand that you could get sick by things called bacteria and viruses. Mm. So they were like, how the fuck did I get them? Mm -hmm. Before that, it was bad air. (laughs) No, I'm serious. (laughs) Before that, it was demons. Sure, demons. That was a big one. Yeah. The devil got Jimmy with smallpox. Absolutely. Well, Jimmy shouldn't have been, you know, lusting, probably. <laughs> He's like, it's more than a feeling. It's also smallpox. <laughs> I'm coughing up blood in my sleep. <laughs> I have no lungs now. <laughs> so... Uh, one such thing that got people really going was the idea that books, which came from the library were touched by one person and then passed on to the next person who wanted to read it. And that if the first person was sick and they didn't know, and the second person might get sick after that because they didn't know. And then suddenly it's like, Oh my God, everyone's got scarlet fever from reading the scarlet letter. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I, 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 yes, I can absolutely see that being the thing. What if different, like, what if you read like, a Christmas Carol, and then you like, you know, don't don't pick up that book, you'll go lame. <laughs> like, I don't know what Harry Potter shit this all is, but the fact oh. that everyone thinks that like a book is gonna scream death at you is wild. I'm sorry, but if if you just have learned that you can get sick from a completely imperceptible to the eye thing that is floating around in the air or maybe on things, like it's not that much. That big of a leap because books. Oh God, we should we should probably explain to some of our younger listeners what books are. Books are. <laughs> God, it's hard to say. It, they have pages in them, and they, anyway, they're physical objects that people could. Uh, it's open, and there are words on the pages where you looking at the words brings them into your brain. So I could see how a person could think that whatever else is on the book could also come into your body. Like the words do and the ideas. Exactly. So the great book scare it got started in the summer of 1879 because a librarian named W.F. Poole mm. from Chicago basically got asked by patrons, library goers, if Poole thought that people could get sick from books. Hmm. So, They're like, WTF, W.F. Poole. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. That's what I'm here for. Well played. So, Poole was like, you know what? I don't know. He got real sassy. He was like, don't do wordplay with my fucking name. WTF that you did WTF with my fucking name. That's right. Uh, I don't want to tell you, Nunya. Who's Nunya? Nunya business. (laughs) So, Poole was like, I'm going to ask some doctors because they're experts. Right, and I am a librarian. Yeah, and I like science, because science (laughs) is fucking real. Um, Ducking, ducking, he meant ducking. (laughs) So the the, the doctors that Poole located were like, yeah, I mean, it's possible you could get sick by a book. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I mean, it's 1879. We just heard about this shit. uh, (laughs) So (laughs) I'm a doctor, but come on, I went, uh, like, half of my medical bag is leeches. Do you want me to amputate something? I can do that. Chop it right off. Just name a thing. We're supposed to just, like, drain you of blood, right? I don't know how you get sick. Here, bite a stick. Here you go. Oh, here, have a a hard candy. (laughs) That's half my job. (laughs) Quote from smithsonianmag.com. Quote, 
people in England started asking the same question, and concerns about diseased books developed roughly contemporaneously in the United States and Britain. Oh. So, sure. A bad idea spreads like wildfire. Well, through white people. Well, sure. So, just want to point that out, that the places well, well, in the world that were freaking out about books giving illnesses were white people. Sure. Well, not every bad idea was thought by a white person, but Most. it's a good bet. Most. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and... And take one for the team and say most white people come up with, uh, most bad ideas have come up with uh, by white people. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I can't even be offended. I'm a white person. But and, I, you know. And it's a fact. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, I think, you know, the, the way I know that's right is I think it's wrong. <laughs> You're instantly triggered by my statement. Mm-hmm. But as a white man, I realize that my first instinct is just a lashing out instinct. Like, <laughs> my first instinct is to protect my ego above all else. Exactly. Uh, that threatens my power, and I don't like it. Yeah. So it's probably true. <laughs> so people were understanding around this time that you could get sick by touching something someone sick touched, and then you'd be sick and it'd be a nightmare. So like, they figured it out with like cloth and shit. They're like, sure. oh my God. This mm-hmm. person had a sick cloth in their mouth, and, and now food. I touched it. Now I'm sick. Remember Typhoid Mary? I fucking love Typhoid Mary. All up and down this idea, sure. Why do you want my poop? <laughs> she, she's like, I'll make you a... Don't... Wait, she was Irish. Um, don't worry, I'll make you a nice turkey sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's ironic that with education, you know, learning about germs, people began to fear things that would educate them, books, sure. because they were now educated from the books. About the, from the books, about the dangers inherent in books. This, this is why I stay uneducated. <laughs> I have so much less fear. Dancing through life, <laughs> mindless and careless. You say that like it's a bad thing. So this whole experience would really get going, like it really took off with the death of the one and only Jesse Allen. Okay. I have to believe that you're right. And just to note, Jesse Allen, Allen last name is A-L-L-A-N, mm-hmm. which is wild because I've never seen that spelling before. You haven't? No. Oh. I'm pretty sure I have. So there. You knew one more thing than I did today. Today, which is just blowing up my whole idea of being uneducated. Fuck. (laughs) Duck. So Jesse Allen would die of tuberculosis on September 12th, 1895. Okay. That sucks. Before her untimely and rather awful death, Jesse had been a librarian at the Omaha Public Library in Nebraska. Oh, Jesse was a woman. I did not know that Jesse... I, I heard Jesse as a man. Boom. Oh. Yep. Why did you think that? Because you're a white man. Well, because you you're reading... I always default the, uh, to white men. Well, I mean, that's not, you know, You've untrue. been woke. I you just thank you. And you've been woken. The wakenness. You've been but awakened. You're not wrong. You're but, awoken. Uh, you also do have the advantage of seeing the I.E., <laughs> On the name that I don't have. Isn't Jesse for uh, male spelling still spelled with an I-E? It's usually just an E, I think. Is it? I mean, in my experience, but I don't know a lot of Jessies. There's A's in places I've never seen before. There's suddenly I's missing. I don't also, know what's happening. The, I think the most famous Jesse I know is the Jesse who has the girl that I want, that I wish I had. Jesse's mom has it got it going on. No, that's another. That Jesse's mom has does definitely has it going on. But I wish that I had Jesse's girl. See, I'm old and I remember the '80s, she's, so I wish that oh, I had Jesse's Jessie girl. girl. Right, right. She's so, got a pearl, something like that. Right. That's exactly. Yeah, no, that's the yeah, that's the verse. You got it. And that's the Jesse that I'm the most familiar with. I'd have to say. So cool. So. After her death, the American Library Association would write in the Library Journal in October of 1895, 
they would write, quote, The death of Miss Jessie Allen is doubly sad because of the excellent reputation which her work won for her and the pleasant affection which all librarians who knew her had come to feel for her, mm. and because her death has given rise to a fresh discussion as to the possibility of infection from contagious diseases through library books. Jeez. So what a legacy. I do want to point out that she they said... should have worked in such a dangerous environment, I'd have to say. <laughs> they said doubly... Libraries, li libraries are fucking... They're, you know... Like, they all have... Libraries... You've seen the libraries have the signs. You know, it's been this many days since an accident. You know, they're always at, like, one or two. I don't think they have those signs. Oh, well, the libraries I've been in. What libraries are you going to? The really dangerous ones. <laughs> So I do want to point out, though, is that they said it was doubly sad, but it feels like there were three things in there. I don't know. It's like excellent right. reputation and the affection that she got. And then because we're worried about people talking about death from books. Yeah. I mean, her reputation was sad. And then the the <laughs> reputation. Wait, the what are the other ones? Moving on. So, no, so the other two were only half sad, is my point. <laughs> Basically, librarians were like, are we at risk? But I don't think we are. But are we? No, we're probably not. But I don't stop know. Stop touching these books. Yeah. What are you doing touching books? So the thing they were most worried about, however, was the public opinion of public libraries. Oh. They were like, okay. <laughs> this is really real. This is real serious, all uh -huh. right? It's real serious now. Right. Everyone... You don't want to go to the... Yeah, you don't want to go to a public library and, you know, it's like a... People were looking at public libraries like they were Greyhound bathrooms. <laughs> Terrifying areas. They're like... They're trying to have a meeting and everyone's murmuring and they're like, shh, shh, this is a library meeting. Everyone's silent. <laughs> I don't want to hear a peep out of you. How are we supposed to have a no, meeting shh, if we can't shh, talk? shh, shh. This is a library meeting. I have a question. You do not have the forum. Does anyone? I don't know, but I my job is to keep people quiet. Point of order. No. Point. <sighs> Shh. Don't touch Shh. the... This is a terrible I meeting. will remove you from this meeting. Go right ahead. I'd like to see you try. <laughs> Damn it, Mildred. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Quote from smithsonianmag.com, quote, Concerns about spreading disease through the lending of books would have serious impacts on the proliferation and growth of libraries. At Whoa. a time when support for public libraries was growing nationwide, book lending institutions faced a major challenge from the disease scare. Whoa, really? So basically libraries are like on the upward trajectory. People are like, this is fucking great. We can read lots of books. La, 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 la. Have you heard of this free book thing? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. And then people are like, hang on a moment. Sure, I might I mean, die. You haven't lived until you've read Wuthering Heights and then also gotten tuberculosis from it. <laughs> if that's living, I don't want to live. Well, you won't for long. <laughs> so if it wasn't enough that people were like panicked by the fact that left and right, there's these outbreaks of like smallpox, scarlet fever and tuberculosis. And they're mm -hmm. like, what? It's from viruses and illnesses. Oh, my mm -hmm. God. If only we had something that could prevent illnesses like a vaccine. Oh, sure. Or just not going to the library. So... One scholar, Gerald S. Greenberg... Um, was out of a job, I'll tell you that much. Well, he's a modern scholar. He would write oh, fine. in uh, 1988, well after the fact that, you know, people were scared of books. Right. Um, but well, he... there are. I'm sorry, but there are still lots of people who are scared of books. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think this didn't go away quite as much as you think it did. So he would write that people really seem to think that you could pass these mostly airborne illnesses by book. Oh, dear. So he's like, nobody's worried about the airborneness of it, but don't touch the paper books. No, that's no, no. I mean, obviously, that's crazy that we know it from now, but like, we know that now. But at the time, you know, you don't know who's... I, I st look, Don't you live in a constant state of, I don't know who's touched this before me. Well, know? here's the thing. 
maybe I, not at your house. I appreciate and and respect the fact that initially people were like, let's not touch a bunch of shit during an epidemic or a pandemic because mm-hmm. you need to figure out how people are getting it. Mm-hmm. Once you know, I mean, once we learned it's not by touch, we were like, great. We don't have to quarantine our food for three days anymore. Right. And buy, you know, or wash everything. And yeah, that's remember because, that. Yeah, it was fucking wild and not great. Totally. And uh, so much lettuce went bad. Yeah. So much. <laughs> Think of the lettuce. Think of the lettuce, people. Think of don't all that fooled. romaine. That now I go into the store and I just touch every green thing I see. That's, every leafy green thing I see. You learned the wrong lesson, Kevin. I don't get anyone sick, though, do I? <laughs> Listen, Typhoid Mary. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So this is the best part. They didn't just think viruses were things you could get by touching books. Okay, meaning they thought you could get other things from touching books or that you could get viruses from touching other things? Meaning that they thought that you could get cancer from using a book. Oh, well, that's just... Okay, that's crazy. So they're like... Oh, did you hear? Jane got the big C. Well, she was a big reader. Yeah. <laughs> always was. I, I always used to say idle hands are the devil's playground, but now mm-hmm. I'm like, keep those books out the fuck out of my hand and make me idle. <laughs> hmm. Exactly. I mean, now it's idle hands don't give you cancer. It's Duh. not as snappy. Like American Idol. <laughs> This week on Idle Hands, we're going to find out who's not, a lot. <laughs> who's not doing anything. <laughs> I was really rooting for you, but then your fingers twitched and, uh, well, that's doing something. Yep. So You disqualified yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't have cancer. You haven't so, gotten that far. They also thought that the, the book dust, uh, when oh. you opened it, uh, would somehow infect them. And then if someone had coughed on pages, they'd be doomed to a fate of death. Sure. If you cough on a book and then it lives inside that book for an untold amount of time, and then when you open the book to that specific page, the cough will jump back out at you. (laughs) That's like the most diabolical way to murder someone. It's pretty good, though. You're like... It's like murder by chapter four. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You have to make sure they're going to like it, right? Because otherwise... You're coughing for no reason. Well, no, I'd put it on page two. <laughs> Die! <laughs> <laughs> that way, if they, if they, you know, if they don't stick to it, they'll still get them. Yeah. So, all right. The United Kingdom, back in 1875, had passed a law called the Public Health Act of 1875. Mm-hmm. So, pretty self-explanatory title of what the act was. Yes, it was. Uh, it was. Um, it covered child care and infrastructure. <laughs> so this was before the Great Book Scare obviously had begun, but right. it was a law that prevented people from lending things such as blankets, cloth items, etc., from one person to another once it had been exposed to viruses and illnesses. Oh, that's that's nice. <laughs> so they like but they needed a law for this. Well, they needed hospitals to stop like putting one sick person into another sick person's bed and. Mm. Poor Driscoll died from the plague. Here, take his kilt. He'd want you to have it. He died in it. I think I'm, I think I'm going to pass. Take his kilt, you ungrateful bastard. I have my own kilt. And it's not you need my great, with my great, whoever his name is, Driscoll's kilt. He loved you like a son. My kilt is named Drustel's kilt. <gasps> You've been cheating on Driscoll. Driscoll was a slut. Take this plague kilt right now, you ungrateful bastard. Listen here, you. Oh, I, turned, I think I turned New Yorkish at the end there. What's the food with the sheepskin? Haggis? Listen here, you haggis twat. <laughs> I take a kilt when I want a kilt. Duck you. <laughs> Listen here with your French. <laughs> I don't know what that was at the end. So, quote from smithsonianmag.com, quote, The law was updated in 1907 with explicit reference to the dangers of spreading disease via book, 
lending. Section four, also stop coughing on people. And those suspected of having an infectious disease were forbidden to borrow, lend, or return library books with fines up to 40 shillings for such crimes, which would be equivalent to about $200 today. Oh my. So they're like, not only are you a bad person, but you'll be broke. Which we already knew. Yeah. But you're killing people by trying to spread knowledge. (laughs) So they're like, do not take this book out or return it while you're sick. Sure. This is, we still have this today. It's just a hot tub now. Now it's about hot tubs. Now you can't get in a hot tub if you've had diarrhea and you're just going on the honor code for that, people. Here's the thing. What grown-up doesn't have diarrhea every day? Um, quite a lot of us. <laughs> I feel like I'm every, sorry. I, I feel like most people my age are anxious to the point of having diarrhea every day. I feel like I need to speak for the regular people here, okay? <laughs> Two to three times at the most. And nice solid, nice solids there. Good, good heft. A little Pepto-Bismol never did, good, never hurt anyone. Nice, Nice mouthfeel, but you know the other way. I don't. There's no. There's not a word for mouthfeel of the anus, but that's what it has, if you're lucky. I really want to know what mouthfeel for the anus would be. What phrase that would be now? I wish I could explain it to you, but apparently you have diarrhea. I've all the had time. solid poop. <laughs> I have it a diarrhea. lot. Jason has constant diarrhea, and we are now extraordinarily worried for him. He must be protected. I might. I mean, if I have constant diarrhea, then I fucking have cholera. So, <laughs> were you reading? Were you reading? <laughs> I'm in a room filled with books. There's oh no my... knowing what illnesses I might God, have. It's a death trap. <laughs> Leprosy. That's just last Tuesday. Jason's arm just fell off. So, all right. Here's a fun thing. Section okay. 59 of Britain's Public Health Act's Amendment Act oh. of 1907 mm-hmm. says, quote, If any person knows that he is suffering from an infectious disease, he shall not take any book or use or cause any book to be taken for his use from any public or circulating library. Oh. Basically like, don't fucking do it. That's amazing. Yeah. You, if you feel, if you have a sniffle... No reading for you. Yeah. Just content yourself with the magazines you have at home. So I love the fact that the UK is like, we're not going to fucking have this. If you're sick, stay the fuck home. Yeah. Whereas the United States. Well, not home, but just not the library. You can still go to like restaurants. That's fine. The United States. You can go to the horse races. (laughs) The United States, however, in true US fashion was like, all right. This might be how viruses are getting spread, but we're going to let the states decide if they want to ban people from getting books while sick. And Alabama was like, finally, we can ban books again. <laughs> no reading for anyone ever. Mm. No reading. And this time we'll, we'll say it's a public health issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No reading for you. No reading for you. Well, uh, you could probably, re- maybe you can read. Let me just see what color you are first. Oh, yeah, no reading for you. Oh, that was a racist joke. It was a racist joke racist. on the terrible racists of Alabama of the 1900s. And today. So, <laughs> so what did happen, though, was that libraries in both the UK and the US started to disinfect books before lending them out again. They're like, oh, well, that seems like an easy fix. We know we need to do this. Well, at first, they didn't know what disinfectants were, so, <laughs> I think, well, probably. They, uh, in the UK, they would put uh, books in ovens with carbon. Well, that, that didn't... They burned a lot of books that way. With car- Inadvertent book burning, like a non-hateful book burning. <laughs> they put them in ovens with carbolic acid crystals, and then the vapor from the crystals would somehow disinfect the books. Sure. Then you just get a book that's full of now of carbolic acid vapor. Great. <laughs> Problem solved. I I opened a book and then I burned everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sick. I am in a great deal of pain, though. (laughs) (laughs) My penis appears to have burned off from a wet substance that has spilled onto it. Perhaps I shouldn't have been reading naked. That's on me. That's on me. (laughs) Uh, I would like not to have this burning of my skin, though. 
So in Pennsylvania, they would use formaldehyde solution. Good God. Uh, this not... is okay. This is this cure is way worse than the disease. <laughs> but at least Pennsylvania did not do what New York did, which is that <laughs> they used... shoot people upon entrance of a library. <laughs> <laughs> you want to read? Get out of here, partner. <laughs> they got one Texan. They got they brought the one Texan into New York for this job. What New York did was they steamed the books. Oh God, that's a. T- <laughs> I love that you finally understood. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was the best of... It was the worst of... We'll never know. I don't know what was written there. It's impossible to tell. The pages are stuck together. It's pulpy. But thank goodness I'm not sick. I don't feel sick. I'm pissed. (laughs) But I'm not sick. I'm confused and angry. (laughs) But I'm also white. That's kind of how I always am. Great literature can do that to you. All right. The oven one actually was the best idea because... <laughs> it was, yeah, they were all bad, but the oven was the best, yes. Well, because books can get like really fucking hot before they burn. <laughs> like They won't burn at low-level ovens. Oh, don't I know it. So I'm from Texas. I know at what temperature books burn. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a man named William R. Reinick, and he was like... I'm going to use some experiments to see if books are dangerous. Okay. So he bought... Um, First, he threw them at his kids. <laughs> that did Ow, cause injury. Oh, God damn yep, it. Okay. All right. Hey, this is for science. I, I'm just saying. That's the no fifth complaining. book you've thrown at me today. I'm thorough. I, would, I liked it better when you threw the, liter- the figurative book at me. <laughs> oh, that's what I should use. Thoreau. Sorry, so, that was very stupid. Reinick would um would get forty guinea pigs. Oh, and he exposed them all to books with illnesses on them. <laughs> <laughs> he got love in the time of cholera, <laughs> and then <laughs> he got the plague year. All the guinea pigs died. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, oh my God! So well, he exposed them to plague books. I'm not did. really sure how that happened, or if maybe he bought really old guinea pigs, but they're all dead. But my then... God! Well, he got like very live, active disease on these books, spread them all over the place, and put the guinea books on there. Yeah, guinea pigs, not guinea books. <laughs> ah, yes, I've bought guinea books to this experiment. <laughs> they're miniature books. Yeah. <laughs> Will they die? I don't know. I don't even know if they're alive. <laughs> so he ended up doing the same thing with monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> he just graduated to humans over the course of like a year. He would just kill bigger and bigger animals. <laughs> but the thing is, most of the monkeys didn't die. Oh, okay. Whew. So I think like if you expose a really tiny animal to a lot amount of like <laughs> deadly illness, it's going to die. Whereas if you expose... A more human-sized animal to a moderate amount. So he's like, all right, while most monkeys don't get sick, you might get sick. So don't mm. don't be worried. But don't do it. But maybe you should do it. I don't know. So his tests were kind of like inconclusive. That was what I've I got, got from it. I've got 40 dead guinea pigs and not a lot of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is I don't have guinea pig poop to clean up. That's true. So, <laughs> you tell me, was this a failure? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, two days ago, I was running around chasing tiny pellets all day long. Now, nothing. Tiny animals, <laughs> tiny poops. Now, now I just now have I'm... one monkey who's a little mad at me. <laughs> I had 40 tiny funerals. LAUGHTER I love the idea that he was like really emotionally invested in all the guinea pigs, oh, but no, he Matilda. did it anyway. Beatrice, <laughs> Clarice. Oh God! No! No! Why did I give you cholera and kill you with it? <laughs> They've shit themselves to death. The question for me is not whether a book that's covered in you know malaria will kill a guinea pig. The question is, will a you know pillow that's covered in malaria kill a guinea pig like you know anything that you like put a ton of active disease on 
is yeah. going to spread that disease, right? But the question is like how you how long like a person brings a book to a library, it doesn't then go like immediately into the well, it goes into the librarian's hands. If you have a epidemic of librarians dying, then I could see your point. We will get there. So okay. newspapers started spreading the word that sick people could get others sick by book. Because newspapers are great. They're like sure. And also, you can't get people sick by newspapers. Right, because <laughs> you're buying it, and then one person has it, and then you're not lending it, even though you Read can get all about it. newspapers. Uh, books will kill you. Newspapers, still just fine. Yeah. You can also get fucking newspapers at the goddamn library. So, like, <gasps> bullshit. Wow, so, you're right. That's a loophole they didn't intend. So, uh, you know, some of the newspapers were like, here's the deal. It's not likely, but other newspapers were like, Get those books away from people now. What are you doing? Reading? What are you, suicidal? One one newspaper was like, if the person is sick, then they don't get any fucking books. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You just sit there and be sick and stare at a wall like God That's intended. Right. That's right. So, You're in a hospital. No more Reader's Digest for you. Yes. <laughs> no Honestly, highlights for children. That might make them healthier faster. <laughs> Shut up. I love Reader's Digest. I love it, too. All right. So as the worry grew and people panicked, mm-hmm. you know, places like they do. that had epidemics started ordering libraries to hold off on handing out books to people, which, you know, I don't like we did this at the start of the pandemic. And when things are really bad, you kind of want to shut things down so that it can get under control. This is logical. Yeah. But. Something bad started with a suggestion from the Western Massachusetts Library Club. Okay. Quote from smithsonianmag.com. Quote, the Western Massachusetts Library Club recommended that books... Quietly. (laughs) Recommended that books suspected of carrying diseases (laughs) should be burned and not returned to the library. Oh, dear. Man, you know things have taken a turn when it's library clubs that are recommending burning books. Shit. Yeah. Also, shame on Massachusetts. They're normally like a good state. (laughs) Well, this was the early 1900s. We don't know what they were back then. And honestly, I know they're not perfect. I know the Salem Witch Trials. We will do an episode at some point on the Salem Witch Trials. Where I get it. New England's not perfect. But also... (laughs) Shame on them for this. Yeah, well, sure. Anyway. And, and the killing of all those women. Yes. <laughs> so, But specifically this, because this is what we're talking about this episode, okay? Uh, so the UK would also start burning contaminated books once doctors suggested they do this as well. Great. Cool. Great. So cool. places are now like, we're going to burn books with the sick people touched. I've never felt better. <laughs> so as we know, with most ridiculous panics... In the U.S. and the U.K., people would eventually see logic and reason and realize that they were being stupid. They eventually did. It just was the 1970s. (laughs) Oh, no. We weren't smart then. Mm. We're still not smart. So they looked over at the librarians and saw that the librarians weren't all dying at alarming rates or getting sick at all. I told that's just what I told them to do. Exactly. And so they were like, if librarians were all dying, then that would be really a good reason to believe that books are the cause. Were dangerous. Of, exactly. Yeah. You had you had a librarian die. Yeah. In this, and of she had a legacy. Yes, of tuberculosis, which you know people get in 1879. Yeah. So doctors would eventually do more studies and realize that no. Books could not spread deadly illnesses from one person to another. No. Because... Guinea pigs, yes. <laughs> well, the thing well, is, you put a live, yeah. active fucking culture on anything and then spread it on a fucking rodent's face, it's gonna die. I mean, yeah, that's the lesson you take from it. I, I take from it, don't teach animals to read. <laughs> oh my god. It's like being in a live performance of Wicked. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Everything is bad. <laughs> Fucking hate that song. Worst why song in the whole saying, show. Why are you saying the subtext that our listeners think every time they hear our show? Why are you singing it? That's the quiet part. You're supposed to do that part quietly. I'll sign it to you next time. 
Please do. Please do now, because the cat's out of the bag now. Quote from iBookBinding.com. Quote. Okay. It's a blog. Quote. Sure. Eventually, things calmed down and lending returned to normal. Further mm. attempts to raise the issue were defeated by librarians who recognized that this fear was unfounded. Mm-hmm. In fact, this there's f- nothing to the. <coughs> <laughs> In fact, this fear might have been purposely played up by those who were against the educating, liberating nature of free, uncensored reading material. No. No, you're not saying that a person who is anti-education would make something up in order to strengthen their point. You're not saying that. Basically, the consensus from historians is that the fears were fueled and fanned by people who didn't like that people were getting smarter. In Massachusetts. (laughs) All over the country. Mm -hmm. They're like, you just watch the leaves. Just watch the leaves. What else do you need? Y'all just know that this here state is real cold and you're exactly. going to want to go somewhere warm. What do you need reading for? Look at the leaves and eat some clam chowder. Maple syrup. Maple syrup is all you need. Not ideas. So another thing that they figured out is that people who didn't want the opposing view books that were allowed in libraries to go out... We're also responsible for the panic. <laughs> Tell you what the most dangerous book is. It's the Torah. I'm just saying. <laughs> that one's the most diseased. It is. There's, That's scientific. There's a book called Little Women. Hmm. It is spread with ovarian cancer. That that one has cancer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fahrenheit uh, 451 doesn't even burn at that temperature. What does that tell you? It's a Satan's book mm-hmm. from the devil. Mm-hmm. So even though the panic lasted way too long, um, it went from 1880 to 1920. Oh, fuck. That's 40 years. <laughs> sure. Okay, cool. Um, it, it did finally end mm-hmm. um, and all that. However, people were still trying to suggest that books might be dangerous and cause illnesses by sharing uh, well into the 1940s. Okay. So the the main God. the main group of people got brought around. They were they figured out that, that they were family Bible then, Jed. Right. Well, <laughs> my hope is that because this happened, that we're learning that like a bunch of the anti-vaxxers can be reached, even though there's always going to sure, be a... by throwing a book at them. <laughs> Here's the deal, Johnny. You fucking get vaccinated or I throw a book at you every five minutes. I'll throw the book at you. Yeah. Literally. This book might have cancer in it. <laughs> that's the risk you're willing to take. I'll throw the book at you. And if you've read a book, you probably know that that's an idiom. But I don't mean it that way. <laughs> this book will literally hurt. <laughs> so here's the other fun thing. There are still places in this nation that are attempting to ban books today. They're not using yeah, but this. that's because of the ideas inside them, not not the uh, germs. Well, but they were using the germs as an excuse to ban books. That was the really? whole point. The point was scare people from using libraries because they might read a book that educates them and changes their belief that, you know, there should be a hierarchy of races or gender oh, yeah. or sexual well, orientation or all that shit. At least they've gotten rid of the pretext of there being germs in the book now they just don't like the ideas and they're they're flat out saying that right instead of trying to rule with a subliminal fear-mongering they're just trying to be dicks they're just going for the liminal fear-mongering yeah yeah so that will be an episode for another day though because okay book banning is a whole amazing topic um oh absolutely i love it it needs its own episode big fan of it i'm very pro no do not be pro all right what is the bright side (laughs) Well, I, you know what? I started out this episode an uneducated yokel who thought that a person could get sick from reading books. And now I know it's a person can only get mentally sick from reading books. Perfect. My so, job thank is you. done. That's I feel our like show. I learned a little something. So first, people stopped panicking about books from the library. So that's good. It's good. And then people were, now they just stopped going to the library. 
<laughs> well, science eventually won out. It took way too long, but they got there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The scientists were like, I am here and you will listen to me and my logic. That's good. And then books became really popular for the middle 20th century. And now we have completely eliminated books from our society. We we haven't, but that's... Completely. So the other thing is the assholes who tried to take out the library system lost. Yeah. No, they did. They fucking lost. They sure did. West Hollywood. Have you been to the West Hollywood Library? It's beautiful. It's fucking gorgeous. And now I have to go to the pool that's on top of it. I think it's open. They have a pool? So I, yeah, there's a pool on top of the library. So if you needed a reason to go to the library, uh, there's men in Speedos on top of the West Hollywood Library. I don't I don't understand. Here's the thing. Great. Get people in the library. But what? I don't get it. Oh, it's just because it's a municipal building and that's where they put the pool to save space. It used to be in the park next door, but now it's on top of the library building. It's not like a pool slash library. That's not what they do. <laughs> it's like, I'm I'm going to say this with love. Hmm. Why the fuck would you put a giant basin of water over books? Well, why the fuck would you steam the devil out of the books, okay? We still haven't learned everything. I'm just saying, we live in earthquake country. Sure. I, there's very few books in that library anymore anyway. <laughs> but they could do real damage to the servers. That's our show. (laughs) They probably let you check out a book just to go read it by the pool. I think that's a great idea. That would be great. That I do like that. Thank you. Thanks, Jason, for this wonderful topic. This is, you were were right. It was wild and stupid. (laughs) Well, wild and stupid people. (laughs) Instead of wild and crazy kids or whatever it is. We are two wild and stupid guys. That's us. (laughs) Hey. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Jason, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. I thank you for this episode and for continuing to, you know, put up with me. <laughs> Not everyone does. I. It's wild to me that you think that I put up with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're humoring me. That's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> Don't you twist my words. <laughs> <laughs> but have a great week everybody and thank you for listening we'll see you again next week bye love you all bye i tell you there's trouble right here in mississippi and it starts with b and it stands for book because books are (laughs) fucking dangerous right here we got trouble right here in river city that's trouble with the capital the q uh which right i you know i never learned to read Someone get him a book. (laughs) Murderer. (laughs) (laughs) We hope you've liked this episode of The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. If you did, please throw us some stars and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps others find the show. And if you didn't, just keep it to yourself or tell your diary. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Brightside K and J and on Facebook at The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. All our past episodes are also streaming on our website, www.thebrightsidewithkevinandjason.com. Until next week, don't forget to look, look on, on the, the bright, bright side. side.